In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm back. The most important show for me is a position where I've said I'm guaranteeing the Browns select a linebacker within the third to fifth round every single year. So let's find out what is going to be there. Ian, how are we doing? Good, good, good. Yeah, if you remember right, when the Browns took our guy Jacob Phillips last year, you 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 scoffed a little bit. You were just like, no, I don't like this guy. And well, he didn't have exactly a bang out year, but I think he did enough where he's giving the defensive staff thoughts about how to use him this year. So, you know, we're going to go on here to these Should day three. Receiver. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we'll have, we'll probably have one of those this year, but I think day three is kind of the, the hot spot for linebackers, because I think there's a lot of guys in here where they have above average traits in certain areas. And I think the Browns running this new, four, two, five, dime, base, nickel, whatever you want to call it, defense, you're going to find that they're going to have specialty roles for their linebackers. And I think a lot of guys on here can run specialty roles. So just as a recap, day three, we're talking about picks 110, 169, 132, I believe. We have 110, 132, 169, 211, and 257, if I'm not mistaken. Those are the picks. So, Jack. What are some guys we can expect the Browns to possibly be interested on day three? So we'll start off with 110. Um, first name out of the hat. He's a little bit old. He's just over 23. He's 23 and a third come week one of the season. Um, and that is Dylan Moses. Oh, Dylan Moses. This guy in 2018 was seen as like one of the hottest commodities. And what's odd is, is you will get a wide range on Dylan Moses because he, in 2019, unfortunately had a very serious knee injury. So he will have some medical red flags. And honestly, it really just depends what's going to happen in terms of the medicals because at Alabama, they wear them. I know you don't like this, or I know you don't like to hear this, but a big comparison that Dylan Moses gets is Mac Wilson. And we talked a little, or I talked a little bit yesterday about how the Browns are going to have four of these linebackers on this roster. You're going to talk talky talky. You're talking Phillips. You're talking Malcolm Smith. Um, so, and you're talking about Anthony Walker, obviously. So there's really probably, I mean, Jack, do you see them carrying more than five linebackers? No, they carried six last year. And some people have been telling me, oh, they're going to carry four. And he's just like, look, I, I can see a change from six to five because they had a DB in there. Um, I would love them to carry four, but they would carry five. And the reason for that is you're going to see your sort of base defense, even though it's it's ridiculous to call it base now because teams play more nickel than they do base. Um, but your base defense of three linebackers, well, you need more than four to prepare for that. Um, and as well, it's the special teams aspect. A lot of special team snaps go to linebackers. So they're there. And you've got to remember that just because you've got 53 players on the roster, they don't all make the active day 
roster. So there's some that are going to be inactive. So you you have a few more than you need. So it's yeah, it's going to be five. And I think one of the other issues is people don't understand when they talk about linebackers and special teams. Linebackers used to be four eight, four nine, five oh guys. You have linebackers now four four eight, four six, four five seven, four five eight. I mean, heck, Micah Parsons ran a four three six, and yes, it's a pro day, so it's probably closer to a four five. But you're talking about linebackers that can run. These guys are fast; they can hit. So yeah, I think that's why you see guys like Elijah Lee, Tay Davis. These are guys that carve out five years in the NFL just doing special teams duties. So when we talk about Dylan Moses, you know, I honestly believe if he played anywhere else other than Alabama, he's probably not going to be drafted. Um, he's six one two twenty five had the big serious knee injury in 2019 came back and actually played pretty well led Alabama in tackles last year had one and a half sacks first team all SEC the problem is he's not really he's the Mac Wilson he's not a playmaker uh he's a competitive guy he doesn't really cover all that well he just kind of runs around because he has elite talent all around him and just makes tackles and Alabama's always up so much that they're really just kind of playing no pressure defense I'm not really a Dylan Moses guy. I think if he goes this high at 110, I'd say it's overdrafted. He'd be off my board. I don't have any interest in Dylan Moses. Right. That's a long way of saying we're, we're not drafting him. Um, we'll keep him moving. Um, well, he's no a name, though. When you, see, when you see Alabama linebacker, everybody goes, I'm interested. So you got to kind of set the table that says, this guy played at TCU. Nah. We just say no and we turn the table over here, and that's what we do on this show. You need to add context. Our, that's what our listeners um, are looking for. So Dylan Moses, no relative athletic score. The next one up, no relative athletic score. Two, but he's actually got a favorable age. So it's going to be 21.25 come time of the draft. And that's not draft time of the season. And that's things we love to see. Ian, Cameron McGrone. Yeah, Cam McGrone. You said his name right. You did. His mother should be happy. You know why? It's because he's a Michigan guy. So clearly you're a Michigan fan, which means that you're anti-Ohio State. But no, actually, Cameron McGrone's a guy I like. Um, I think he's probably in that 110 to 132 bubble. Um, this is a kid six foot, 234 out of Michigan. Um, young kid. I mean, played three years of college football, did not play his freshman year, um, only appeared in one game. Um, honorable Big Men, Honorable Big Ten, uh, all Big Ten the last two seasons. Now, unfortunately, he did have a torn ACL in November of 2020. So in terms of timeline, this is a guy that probably is not going to be able to do a lot of off season um, testing and stuff like that. So that's why you don't have a relative athletic score, but this is a guy who stepped in, filled the spot for Devin Bush, who went to the Steelers, obviously number 10 overall, a couple years ago, he is a, he's plays fast. He is able to kind of what they call run and shed, right? So when you're instinctive, you can get ahead of the play and you're able to shed blockers to make your way to the ball. So I think that's something that you're looking at. If he did have a relative athletic score, I could see it being higher when you watch him play. He's one of those guys. The only thing he lacks is that frame, right? He's only six feet tall. He's only 234 pounds. So this is a guy I don't think has ideal size, but in the Browns defense, you're not looking for that traditional thumper. We talked about that a little bit with Zayvon Collins, but I think come maybe in that mid part of day three, I think Cameron McGrone is definitely a guy provided that medical comes back that he had successful ACL surgery in November. Um, it could be an opportunity to kind of let him develop if you take him, you know, we talked about somebody being able to take that roster spot on Mac Wilson, our fifth linebacker. Well, if the guy comes in, he's not medically there. 
Jack, you said it. The guy's only going to be 21 years old. You could literally redshirt him next year. And now you're looking at a guy that maybe you're talking about in the 2022 season. Yeah, and no, a really, really good point there that you're not really expecting much from this guy. Um, and also, well, he can fit nearly any different direction. So they don't need to be like, oh, we need to go chase a Will. We need to chase a Sam. We need to chase a Mike. They can pretty much do anything because, quite frankly, it wouldn't shock me if Phillips or even none of the four linebackers that are currently signed and expected to be on the roster this season or on the roster next season, they can do anything they want with this room and they're, they're going to keep cycling through. They're going cheap. Well, also, uh, you have to kind of get it out of your mindset what Sam, Will, and Mike is because in these four two fives, they're interchangeable. All of a sudden, Jacob Phillips could line up outside of you know the box and be covering a tight end in blitz he could be stacked in the middle of the field i mean anthony walker's a guy you know he had an interception against the browns dropping in coverage so you're talking about what you know i know we kind of joke about it sometimes when uh sam darnold said he was out there seeing ghosts that's kind of what you want your linebackers you want them to be the amoebas of defense you know i know the patriots will sometimes run guys with their hands up but interchangeability is definitely, and I think that's why the athleticism of linebackers becomes pretty important. So, you know, when we start looking into this 132, 169 range, now we're talking about, we're getting into the fifth, we're talking to get into the sixth. I'm looking for athletic guys. So anybody kind of that maybe catches your eyes or who are the guys talking about in those, maybe that fifth, sixth round. Yeah. So we've got two guys that I like in this range. We're going to start off with the first one. He sounds like a uh, fantastic bowler from cricket and that is georgia bulldog monty rice yeah monty rice um if you watch him you're gonna see a little bit of sioni taki taki out of monty rice this is a guy who right now you're talking six foot 233 so not that much different in terms of size as cameron mcgrone so he doesn't have that ideal body size that's again you're talking about he is a guy that has to overcompensate but if he's playing in space he's a lot better the only thing is this is a guy that's a high motor. You know, he's going to constantly give you everything he has. He likes to bang, which is kind of unique when you say, Hey, he's six foot, 233 pounds. Well, this guy likes to bang again. He's only 20. He's under 23. So he's under your threshold, but this is a guy I think that could kind of step in maybe on special teams, make him make his way. You're talking about a guy that was a team captain. We talk about a lot, you know, what do the Browns look at? What type of accomplishments? What type of metrics did you have in college? Um, this is a guy there. He has to work a little bit on being a linebacker. I think sometimes he relies a little bit on his athleticism, but had a little bit of an injury bug in 20, in October of 20, um, but played through it three-year starter and also has uh, history in that money kind of robber role. So Kirby smart runs in more, even more unique. He runs a three, three, five. So not something you see all that day, but Kirby are all that often these days, but yeah, Kirby smart runs a little bit unique of a defense and he kind of played that robber uh, Viper role with them. Nice. And the next one that I really like in this range, that is Derek Barnes out of the Purdue. Yeah. I, I actually really like Derek Barnes. I think this is a guy that will definitely kind of come in and I think he could take Mac Wilson's spot right out of the gate. Um, this is a guy six foot again, 230. So you're talking about more of these speed linebackers. This is a guy ran a four, five, seven out of Purdue. Um, younger guy, you know, he's under 22 now will be, or I'm sorry, he'll be under 22 at the time of the draft. So you're looking early into his 22 years when he would potentially play his first game. 
right now he has a tendency to get latched in terms of the run game. So when a blocker gets his hands on him, he doesn't have really the ability at this point. I think it's a strength thing to kind of be able to shed those blockers. He is a sound tackler, which is good, um, has good range, and he's a very competitive guy. So this is a guy I think that would have to for sure compete day one on special teams. I don't think you're talking about a guy that's going to break the starting role, but in terms of day three, we're talking about guys that are going to jump in, you know, fill that Tay Davis thing, uh, Tay Davis role. But this is a guy that just has proper length in terms of his wingspan. And overall is just a good football player. I, I would be, I would be happy if we pulled him in kind of in that maybe 132, 169 range. Anything you want to say on the other guy we got pegged in that range out of West Virginia, Tony Fields, the second. Yeah. Tony Fields, uh, six foot two twenty two, a little undersized for me. He's young. This guy is a little bit too of a small of a frame for me, especially when you look at a relative athletic score of 4.9. I, I think you're talking about, he's going to be a traditional will in the NFL. If he ever gets onto the field in terms of full-time starter reps. So yeah, this isn't somebody, I think he was more instinctive than he is talented. So late round pick for somebody else, no interest for him in the Browns. Next up, we've got a guy. He sounds like he should be a, uh, N out of, uh, one of the talking trees out of Lord of the Rings, and that is Garrett Wallow, who is a TCU horned frog. Boom. Well, Garrett Wallow, I see, I, I thought you were going to go somewhere else in the other group there, and I was going to have to kind of give you a, uh, a little bit of a smack and to talk about my Ohio State guy, because we talked about the other two Ohio State linebackers. But yeah, Garrett Wallow is a kid, 6'1", 220, out of TCU. Again, we're talking probably closer to the six. So I'd say six round is probably where I would project him to go. This guy started three years at TCU. In last year in 2019, he put up 18 tackles for loss and followed it up in 2020 with nine tackles for loss. So this guy knows how to get through the line of scrimmage and make a play. This is a high volume tackler guy. He's actually pretty decent, I would say, in terms of coverage. The only thing is, is he kind of just walls himself off a lot of times and just I'm, I'm not sure if that's just the defensive scheme that they want him running but this guy has toughness he has good acceleration ran a four six in the 40 uh broad jump 10 foot two so you're talking about a guy with a relatively you know high athletic ability there um I, what was his ras score um garrett wallow 8.13 yeah so this is a guy like i said doesn't necessarily have quite the uh the the length you're looking for but this is a guy that has the athleticism and the physicality. And I kind of like his nickname. He's got a good nickname. So his nickname is Dirty 30. So even if you ever turn on the uh, the TCU tape, look for number 30, Dirty 30 Garrett Wallow. I do like him for late day three pick. I think he'll bring some toughness and immediate impact on special teams. So next up is an Ohio State Buckeye that is neither fitting my age profile or my relative athletic profile, but according to PFF, has played some really, really good football. Yes. Justin Hilliard. Okay. He may be one of my favorite players at Ohio State. And here's when you talk about age profile, this guy played six years at Ohio State. So Justin Hilliard was one of the top guys. He had some injury. Jack Just to leave. <laughs> we didn't want him to leave either. But I mean, you're talking about this guy was the five-star recruit out of high school, number three outside linebacker in the entire class and the number one player in Ohio. He got his first division one offer as a sophomore. So Justin Hilliard, six foot, 229, um, out of St. Xavier down in Cincinnati. Easily one of the most likable, nice individuals. I always enjoyed, you know, 
watching him around the program. He, he actually started Ohio state prior to me moving to Chicago. That should show you how long he was at Ohio state, but unfortunately he had a couple injuries his freshman year. So they went ahead and redshirted him um, a few games into his 2016 season. He unfortunately tore his bicep and was out for that year in 2019 tore his Achilles and had COVID last year in terms of 2020, but I like Justin Hilliard. I just don't think he fits what they're going to do. This is a guy four eight. I think he's relatively a little bit better of an athlete than that kind of shows. Um, but medical is going to be the big flag on him. But I think ultimately this could be one of those guys that you take in the fifth, sixth round, five, six years from now, you're like, how did everybody pass on Justin Hilliard? And it's like, well, he was able to carve himself out a nice little role, but I think he's probably going to be looking for a team that he can get on the field a little bit sooner, just like I said, given his age. But this is a guy who definitely has NFL talent and NFL pedigree. I just think not for the Browns. So I, I, I will absolutely always be a Justin Hilliard fan, but yeah. I'm quickly going to run through four guys who got pegged in in that sort of 257 range. Um, before we jump to some UDFAs, I actually like a little bit more. So um, just to run through KJ Britt, Grant Stuart, um, Justin Rice, Paddy Fisher. The only one that really jumps out relative athletic school wise is Justin Rice, but we can't find an age at the moment. So uh, maybe worth a shot, but th- there's some juicier um, UDFAs to get to. Any of those four you want to touch on before we jump into the UDFAs? Not really. I will say there is one guy uh, that we're going to get to that I think some people are pegged for that 257. Um, so we'll kind of segue in there. I think he quickly became a fan of our friends over at Lockdown Browns, uh, Jeff Lloyd and Pete Smith. They talked about him a little bit. So this guy is kind of on that bubble of seventh round UDFA, and that is the Vodrick Buddy Johnson, the linebacker from Texas A&M. So, Jack, what are some of the stats you pulled on Buddy Johnson? Because I watched a couple of his games, so we can talk about him a little bit as he seems to be a fan favorite of the Browns uh, mock draft world. The stat I pulled is 22.6 come week one and a 9.23 relative athletic score, which puts him as the one, two, seventh highest ranked um, linebacker in the class in terms of relative athletic score, um, which is fantastic. So uh, certainly something that catches your eye. Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit about Buddy Johnson. So Buddy, we're talking about six foot 229. So he's in that mold of the, you know, the linebackers we just talked about. This guy played four years at Texas A&M, started all four years, played weak side. He's overall, you can tell he has that athleticism. I think instinctually it's where he's lacking. He's more of a a read and react kind of guy. He's aggressive. I'll get him that. So like once he makes up his mind, he will assertively go to that spot. The problem is he gets latched often. He gets pushed out of lanes a little bit. Um, I think he did a good job kind of being like the Joe Schobert of the Browns defense a couple years ago, where he just made the tackles that he was supposed to make. He plays aggressive. There's no doubt about that. He has a nose for the football. I think this is a guy that does, you know, a number of years ago, we had a guy that came onto the Browns in the seventh round. His name was Scooby, Wright, And everybody just liked this tenaciousness and, you know, painted his face up. This is a guy who, you know, I just, you, he's like your work. What do they call it? Like a work pal. You just give it to him. You let him do it. This guy played, you know, plenty of special team snaps in college. You know, he just basically did everything he possibly could to get on the field as much as he could down there in college station. So I understand the, the affair uh, the love affair with him, especially down there at pick 257. So that's just a little bit there about buddy Johnson. Next up is the other one I want to throw out there. And that is a Mr. Anthony Hines who uh, out of Texas A&M as well. 
We're just going double Texas A&M mm. linebackers here for UDFAs. Um, set to be 22.7 come week one and then 8.22 relative athletic score. So all stuff we like to see, um, but his numbers and how well he's played, limited snaps. I would say Buddy Johnson is definitely the better out of the two, but he is a very athletic player that, hey, it, you can bring him in at camp and you can see what he does. If, if you potentially brought them both in, hey, why not see what sticks? Yeah, I was when I was actually watching a little bit of Buddy Johnson um, last year, I kind of looked at myself looking. I was like, man, where's everybody's talking about the Heinz kid? Where's he at? And then I realized he opted out in uh, for 2020. So I had to go back to 2019 to watch a little bit of him. And I was like, oh, this guy's number 19. So that's my lucky number. Um, unfortunately, in 2018, he did not play because he tore his ACL and then didn't play in 2020. So I really only had a little bit in 2017 and 2019 to watch on him played an entire season without a sack. That's pretty impressive to do. You can see flashes from him, but there's no consistency to his game. I mean, there's a couple of plays where he'll show up and he'll be like, wow, like that guy right there has the, if he could ever put it together, this is a guy that'll play in the NFL for years to come. But the problem is, is he's one of the more inconsistent linebackers that you'll watch. Um, I think even for him to kind of get on the field, much like buddy Johnson did in AM, is just busting his ass and playing all the special teams he can. I think that's what Anthony Hines is going to have to do. Did run a four six forty, um, so this is a guy who athletically does have a little bit there. But I think he's going to just have to show some consistency. So getting a UDFA contract or something like that may be the best thing for him because you're talking about a guy who then needs to come in and prove it because he was the number two rated inside linebacker coming out of high school in 2017, number eight recruit in the entire state of Texas. That's tough to do. Impressive numbers. I know there is at least one of these UDFAs you want to touch on, so take it away, buddy. Listen, I will always have an affinity for Big Ten linebackers just because I think ultimately what happens is is you you play a tough, physical, aggressive style of football. And Ohio State fans may remember a number of years ago there was a linebacker at uh, Iowa named Ben Neiman, and this is a guy from Illinois, and then his brother Nick comes to town, and this guy has been – in college, five years, so he's a five-year player. So, unfortunately, from an age standpoint, he's a little bit older, but he's 6'3", 234. Uh, Jack, do you have Neiman's relative athletic score handy? It's a beauty. It's beauty. It's a 9.52. So, uh, just to give some people some sort of insight in how this works, I'll do all the relative athletic scores and then Ian adds in the ages. And uh, it was a player I was getting really, really excited about, and then he put in the number, and I was like, oh, he's off my board. Yeah, and... <laughs> The thing about it is, is we're talking linebackers. So we're talking about probably what the average career span of five, six years max. So even if you brought him in late, okay. Um, this guy's athletic. I mean, he ran a four, four, eight at his pro day. So this is a guy who's just inconsistent. Hence why we're talking about him in the seventh round. Um, I think he sometimes struggles a little bit in coverage. He gets lost, but he has a little bit of the quickness and read react to kind of make up for it. Um, has his, the one thing I will say is he's better against the run than he is against the pass. So that may be something where you're looking at, you see a trait and say, Hey, if this guy's, you know, a sound tackler, he has the ability to shed block uh, blockers. He's able to quickly kind of read and react. I think, you know, obviously his brother has still been in the league for quite a bit of time. So yeah. Uh, Nick Neiman's a guy I like, he can probably play anywhere. He's played in a four, two, five before. So this is a guy, if you're giving me Iowa linebackers, guys like Kirk C guys, like his brother, Anthony Hitchens from Lorraine, Ohio, shout out Lorraine. Um, these are guys that just kind of always hang around the league. So Nick Neiman, I like him. 
And it, that it, relative athletic score is pretty nice. It's just been solid for three straight years, um, according to PFF. So um, there's it, nothing special there um, in terms of what he's done, but it, it's just not bad. And, that, and that's a, a great role to have um, when you're there. And if you're thinking about the Browns and what they might do, if they're going to start breaking that sort of, I'm guessing that it's 23 week one. I'm, I'm just working on their last draft. If you're going to start working away from that, well, the sensible positions to do it are running back, linebacker, positions you're never going to give a second deal to. Because if you're already going, we're not going to give a second deal, then it doesn't really matter because you're not worried about how old they're going to be um, when they're up for a second deal. So that could be one where they go, look, we're willing to have some wiggle room. We don't want to do it wide receiver. We don't want to do it offensive tackle because we need these guys here long term. But it's a wide, it's a linebacker. We don't really care. We're never giving him a second deal. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, it'll be sort of three years before we get a really, really good sense of it. it but I certainly want to keep an eye on. Yeah, especially with those shorter careers. I just, I think you're right about that. And, you know, if you're getting a guy that you're going to come in and you're going to run him on specials and, hey, I, I'm just really curious to see how they're going to use the linebackers. I think the linebackers is one of the tougher ones. I mean, I don't think any of us really saw them going out and getting Anthony Walker in free agency. And that maybe threw a little bit of a monkey wrench in what we thought the linebackers were going to do. Because obviously they're going to play three linebackers. It's not like every down they're going to have two linebackers. So, but we've got, we've got four and Mac Wilson. So in essence, whoever they draft, if they draft anyone in day three, their main goal is has to beat out Mac Wilson because I see him carrying five. Yeah. Matt Mac Wilson is solidly on those. There's no avoid. Hey, honestly, Mac looks like his nose is at the grind, training well, um, adding on some weight. So maybe they have him backing up Anthony Walker. And hey, to be fair, we saw what Darius Leonard said about Anthony Walker and his leadership abilities and his way to watch film and teach if he can take, because I will just say this, Mac Wilson is a better version of Dylan Moses. So if you look at that and say, hey, this is somebody we can make something of, you give him a guy like Anthony Walker. I think Anthony Walker could do wonders for Mac Wilson's career. Well, good luck. Uh, Jack, do you feel as good as I do after talking about these sexy linebackers? Well, I'm excited. We've always tend to do these shows sort of picking up the the guys we'd go for. Um, So I'm going to start off first. Um, Jamin Davis, if he's somehow there at 89-91, I can't see it. But, um, hey, crazier things have happened. But give me one of Monty Rice or Derek Barnes at pick 169 and uh, let's go crazy. If you can't get someone there, then Garrett Wallow at 221. Yeah, I think I like McGrone. I do like Barnes, Wallow, and um, my boy Nick Neiman. Good work, buddy. Um, We'll be back with running backs day three. And then after that, there's a rumor that we might do a mock draft. Ooh, are we going to talk about quarterbacks? No. You don't see the Browns taking maybe a six-round quarterback? No, because Case Keenum's under contract. Otherwise, we would be covering Cole. Do we have a practice squad quarterback? Oh, we have the kid from Virginia. Cole Laletta. Yeah, that's right. We have a kid from Damn it. I want to talk about quarterbacks. I was uh, I was out with the, uh, the fans of the Chicago Bears earlier, and they were all asking me who I thought for potential Browns or for potential Bears. See, I'm so used to saying that. Potential it's Bears quarterback. Calm, calm like, Should we take Kellen Mond in the second round? I'm like, sure, you can take him in the fourth round. But actually, I think Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask. That would be the no, guy. No, 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 no. I'm talking about. So. No. I've I know. Money on, I know. I've got money I said on that Mon for four Trask. I said that on purpose. Well, maybe Mon goes in the third and then the Bears take uh, my boy uh, Kyle Trask in the fourth. So. Oh, that's all right. 
but good stuff, buddy. All right. We will be back. And uh, if you guys have any questions, make sure to send us some notes on social media. We always appreciate it. Um, I was telling people, Jack, I had to keep him from doing your Selden Richardson victory lap. So everybody was quite happy about that. They're, they're well aware. That, uh, All right. Let's go Browns. Go Browns.